Good morning. Thanks, worship team, for that. Um, hopefully you've had a chance to warm up your coffee and, uh, you know, you're seated on the couch. You're ready to tackle what it is God uh, God wants you to hear this morning, wants us to hear. Um, it's definitely a little bit weird looking into the camera, but uh, hopefully I get used to it as we as we continue and as we dive into to things this morning. Um, for those of you don't, that don't know me, my name's Chris Weir, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to be able to, to speak today. Um, and as we continue this morning, we're going to move forward in, in the book of Matthew. And as a reminder, Pastor Paul has been working through the book of Matthew over the last several months. And during this time, we have come to understand that the, the, the reason Matthew writes Uh, his gospel is to point toward the kingdom of God, to show the kingdom work of Jesus, how the kingdom of God is accomplished and fulfilled through the life and ministry of Jesus. Two weeks ago, Paul spoke about the story that most of us know and love, the one where Jesus walks on water and and Peter in faith uh, steps out of the boat as well. Paul sets up the context for us that at that time, Jesus was exhausted. He took some time to be with himself and his father, who is God, but he never took his eyes off the disciples. This is an incredible reminder for us. As we continue in the book of Matthew today, we learn that that soon after this miraculous moment of Jesus walking on water, Jesus and his disciples are confronted once again by, by some Pharisees. This, of course, is just another in a long line of challenges and questions that the Pharisees, who are uh, religious leaders, have been talking with Jesus. We're going to learn by diving into this passage about the dangers of of changing scripture, the dangers of cherry-picking verses in order to fit our own selfish desires. We're going to discuss the difference between the law and God's intentions for us as Christians. The law was created out of God's love for the Israelites and was intended to be used in love. The passage we'll be discussing today is a head-on clash between religion and Jesus. It is a clash between placing so much value on religion and traditions that God himself becomes less important and the rules make up the be-all, end-all. Today is a discussion of the way in which religion and traditions can become an idol unto themselves, often because of the desire to be disobedient to God and the need to justify our own disobedience. Religion and religion, uh, religious traditions can have a place. God's law was given for a reason out of his abundant love. However, the truth of a relationship with Jesus and the freedom that brings is what truly matters. Let's read uh, this text right now. We'll be in Matthew 15, verses 1 to 9. The Pharisees and scribes came to Jesus from Jerusalem and said, Why do your disciples break the tradition of the elders? For they do not wash their hands when they eat. He answered them, and why do you break the commandment of God for the sake of your tradition? For God commanded, honor your father and your mother, and whoever revels father or mother must surely die. But you say, if anyone tells his father or his mother, what you would have gained from me is given to God, he need not honor his father. So for the sake of your tradition, you have made void the word of God. You hypocrites. Well, did Isaiah prophesy of you when he said, this people honors me with their lips, but their hearts is far from me. In vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. On the surface, this text, this scripture might seem a little odd. It might seem a little confusing, especially for us today who are much less familiar with with Hebrew law and tradition. 
But as we dive into this passage, we're going to be looking first at the Pharisees and their efforts to attack Jesus. We will then discuss the way Jesus responds to the Pharisees. And finally, what Jesus' response to the Pharisees mean for us today. As we look at the Pharisees' response to Jesus, let's first tackle why the Pharisees were there in the first place. Jesus was teaching just north of where Jerusalem is. The Pharisees, who are religious leaders, came out of Jerusalem for the purpose of investigating and meeting Jesus. It was not as if the Pharisees were just passing by. Instead, it was a specific and intentional encounter by the Pharisees. The Pharisees were genuinely bewildered. They were genuinely curious, maybe a little frustrated. They wanted to meet Jesus. They wanted to talk with Jesus. This was also not the first time the Pharisees encountered and had conversations with Jesus. In fact, the very reason the Pharisees came from Jerusalem in the first place could have been as a result of hearing previous conversations that other Pharisees had had with Jesus. But we know that from the beginning of this encounter, the hearts of the Pharisees were not in a place that was supportive of Jesus and his ministry. The Pharisees represent a clash between the way in which religion can be taken as the be-all, end-all, and what a relationship with God truly means and looks like. Although this passage seems complex and difficult, it is a very important passage when we consider the gospel. What do we know about the gospel? It is for everyone. Everyone can have access to God through Jesus once they believe. The Pharisees, however, separated people, separated themselves, and made rules under the umbrella of religion. This passage is a direct contrast between those that take religion and traditions as truth instead of believing in the gospel itself and what a relationship with Jesus means. It is a conversation also about the ways in which religion can be created out of our own desire to be disobedient to God and the dangers of cherry-picking altering, misusing, or placing too much value in traditions and religion. Let's pray before we dive deeper. Dear God, uh, thank you for today. Thank you for the opportunity to, to meet here um, this morning, whether that's in person or whether that's um, you know, in our own houses. It's, it's amazing uh, that we have technology, that we have the opportunity to, to still gather um, as your people, still gather as a church, um, and I pray that you uh, just prepare our hearts for what it is that you want us to hear, Lord. Uh, Father God, these are not my words. Um, they are completely yours. And I just pray that you use me um, to speak your truth and that you open all of our hearts to what it is that you want us to hear this morning. Amen. As we look at this passage, let's again uh, discuss why the Pharisees are there in the first place. The Pharisees journey out of Jerusalem they scope out Jesus because they genuinely want to have a discussion with him. We know that this was not the first time the Pharisees had confronted Jesus. We know that it had not been very long before this time that some of the Pharisees confronted him and his disciples in a grain field. And the Pharisees claimed that the disciples and therefore Jesus were violating the religious law of the Sabbath. This led to Jesus turning things back onto the Pharisees saying that mercy and compassion is more important than religion and law. Jesus then told them that he, the Son of Man, stood among them as Lord even of the Sabbath. That's in Matthew 12, verse 1 to 8. 
Very soon after this, in front of in front of the Pharisees, Jesus further demonstrated his authority over the Sabbath by healing a man with a withered hand, right in the middle of the synagogue on the Sabbath day. That's uh, Matthew 12, 9 to 12. Pastor Paul spoke about this passage a few weeks ago. When we put religion, when we put law, when we put traditions ahead of compassion and love, we are going against the design and the reason behind the law, behind the traditions, in the first place. You can go back and listen to Paul's sermon on this, as it is a very good precursor to our discussion today. They go hand in hand. Now, I want to pause and I want to discuss the law itself for a second. Looking at the law, we see that God gave Moses the law as a construct for how to live, but it was always designed out of love. You can read about the law God's law to the Israelites in the books of Leviticus and Deuteronomy. The law in these books today seem very extreme. In fact, Leviticus and Deuteronomy are often skipped over when we, when we read through the Bible or when we talk about the Bible. Some of these laws make sense, others do not. The law was given to the Israelites through Moses out of God's love for the Israelites. God wanted the Israelites to be set apart. The law was also important for protecting and keeping the Israelites safe. It was an act of love by God. This should not be ignored. The law was not God's way of attempting to control and manipulate the Israelites. The law was literally instructions for how to be set apart as God's chosen people. The Pharisees took this construct of the religious law which was intended by God out of love, and they put more walls up, claiming this is how it needs to be done in order to reach God. In fact, the very thing the Pharisees called Jesus out on at the beginning of today's passage was a result of their desire to hold fast to religious constructs. When the Pharisees call out the disciples and therefore Jesus, asking why the disciples are not washing their hands, the Pharisees are bringing up an example of how there had grown a separation in society between those who were clean and unclean. This separation was created by the Pharisees to separate themselves from others. This was not about hygiene. When the Pharisees bring up the idea of breaking the tradition of the elders by not washing their hands, the Pharisees are bringing up the divide in those days of clean and unclean people. This does not mean people that shower and people that don't. It is not really a hygiene matter. What it, was, what it was was entirely a ceremonial matter. When someone was clean, according to the Jewish law, which the Pharisees, uh, in this case, were trying to enforce, was for someone to be in a state where they might worship and approach God. For someone to be unclean was for someone to be in a state where worship and approaching God was impossible. Basically, what the Pharisees uh, were asking Jesus and the disciples is they were asking um, if they really are ready to approach and be in connection with God. The idea of clean and unclean was very common, and the law and traditions was based on this in many cases. There were many scenarios of, of unclean and clean people. There were many customs and traditions that had to happen for someone to be deemed clean and therefore able to approach God. We could spend months discussing the hundreds of rituals and individual items that were considered clean and unclean. 
What is important here is that the Pharisees are basically saying to Jesus, why do the disciples, why do your followers not observe the laws of washing, which are part of our tradition? Now, really quickly, let's add one more element to this context. In the Jewish customs, there were two sections of the law. The first was the written law, which would have been in scripture itself, which were the words of God given to Moses for the Israelites out of God's love for the purpose of order, for the purpose of protection, and to set the Israelites apart as God's chosen people. Jesus is not disputing the written law, the written words of God. We know now that Jesus fulfilled the law with his death and resurrection, and that is why many uh, of the aspects we do not follow today, and we have new standards for how to live as Christians. Jesus is not questioning or or disputing the law, the written word of God. What Jesus is challenging is the second section of the Jewish law, which everyone would have understood in that moment. The second section of the law was oral law. Basically, the oral law were developments that the religious leaders took over generations and generations on the written law. The oral law was basically different measures added, which were supposed to help people keep the written law. What these added measures created, however, were a set of standards that became the same, if not more important than the word of God itself, than the written word of God itself. Basically, over time, the word of God became changed by man-made sections of traditions that were enforced as if they were from God, which they were not. Now, throughout time, these changes that were known as traditions and what the Pharisees bring up when they say the traditions of the elders was religion. They believed God demanded these traditions. The Pharisees believed that to do these traditions was, in fact, to please God. The rituals became just as important as, say, the Ten Commandments, for example. The Pharisees were taking regulations created by man, created by people, and placing them on a pedestal on the same, if not higher level, than the words of God itself. Jesus, therefore, calls the Pharisees out on this. The Pharisees are basically calling the disciples unclean according to their own man-made traditions. Unclean, therefore, meaning that the disciples were unfit to be able to approach or be in fellowship with God. What the Pharisees are trying to point out is that only them, as supposedly clean, can approach and be connected to God. However, as we are about to learn, Jesus contrasts this with what the gospel message is all about. He contrasts this with the very reason Jesus is there in the first place. And that reason is that anyone can approach God through a relationship with Jesus. This is extremely exciting and encouraging for us today. Jesus is our connection to God, not the ceremonial washing. No longer is there a divide between clean and unclean. No longer is there a need for hundreds of ceremonies and rituals in order to uh, become close to God. As we look farther in this passage, we see that Jesus responds to the Pharisees with questions of his own. Jesus uses an example of the traditions that, remember, that's oral law, that was made up by people, and which actually became contradiction to the law and disobedience to God itself. Jesus points out the fact and calls the Pharisees out on the way they repeatedly mistook how they repeatedly altered or added pieces of the, pieces of the law in order to serve their own selfish desires. 
The Pharisees used the guise of tradition, which had become equal to, if not higher than the word of God, that they themselves created. And they used these traditions, these made up traditions, in order to justify their own disobedience. The Pharisees then challenged anyone who opposed the law and anyone who opposed their own made up traditions in order to place themselves on a platform ahead of everybody else. They asserted themselves as the be all and all authority of the law instead of pointing everything back to God alone. The Pharisees twisted God's design for love, twisted God's design of of protection and order and God's way of setting the Israelites apart, and in turn created a broken system of religious hierarchy, false teachings, and abuse of power in order to assert themselves due to their own selfishness and sin. The Jewish law and traditions had a place. They were important for setting the Israelites apart for protection and order and were an act of love by God. Over time, however, the law turned into religious leaders enforcing who gets access to God and who does not. It turned into religious leaders playing God, religious leaders uh, creating their own rules out of selfish desires and placing themselves above anyone who does things differently than them, anyone who breaks their traditions. The very thing given out of God's love for Moses was corrupted and manipulated due to the sinful desires of the religious leaders. In response to the question by the Pharisees to Jesus, Jesus, like he does so many times throughout scripture and throughout the gospels, answers them with a question of his own. Jesus says, and why do you break the commandment of God for the sake of your tradition? Jesus asks a very blunt question. Jesus, knowing the Pharisee's heart, gives a strong reply to the Pharisees. Jesus knows that the Pharisees were far too concerned with their own made-up ceremonial religious traditions that were seen as the same as God's word itself than they were about actually pointing others toward God. The tradition of washing before meals, the ceremonial washing of meals, let's remember, was not about hygiene. What it was instead was the Pharisees declaring people unclean simply because of their own tradition. In declaring people unclean, they denied people access to God. The Pharisees used their made-up traditions, which were seen as the oral law, to play God. This is just one example of many of this happening. Jesus asked the Pharisees a question of his own, calling out traditions made up for the religious leaders to play God. Jesus then takes it even farther. Immediately after telling the Pharisees they are breaking the commandment of God for the sake of tradition, Jesus goes on to say, For God commanded, honor your father and your mother, and whoever revels father or mother must surely die. But you say, if anyone tells his father or, him, or uh, his mother, what you would have gained from me is given to God, he need not honor his father. So, for the sake of your tradition, you have made void the word of God. Jesus brings up a clear commandment from God. Jesus quotes literally one of the Ten Commandments written in stone from God. Jesus states what everyone, including the Pharisees, knew to be the clear law, the clear words of God. Honor your father and mother. He goes on to continue that law, quoting that anyone who does not honor his his parents must die. Basically, there are extreme consequences for anyone that disobeys the commands of God. No one could have possibly disputed Jesus on this. 
And in fact, when I, when I picture this, this conversation with the Pharisees, I think of the Pharisees nodding their heads in agreement as they knew the written law inside and out. What Jesus goes on to do, however, is call the Pharisees out on their dramatic misuse and altering of the law. Jesus calls the Pharisees out because they in many ways played God. They used the law and their created traditions to separate themselves from everyone else. They also used the traditions, what had over time become seen as the law itself, to then get what they wanted, to justify their own disobedience, instead of what the law was intended for by God in the first place, out of his love for the Israelites. Jesus restates a very clear commandment from God to the Jewish people, one that everyone would have known, honor your father and mother. Jesus even states what the penalty was for breaking that law. Jesus states a commandment from God and the consequences for breaking that law, the consequences for sin. Jesus then calls out the Pharisees again for their dramatic and selfish altering of a very clear commandment from God for their own selfish gain. Jesus says, but you say, if anyone tells his father or his mother, what you would have gained from me is given to God, he need not honor his father. So for the sake of your tradition, you have made void the word of God. By calling out the Pharisees, Jesus is not refuting the truth of needing to honor our parents. What he is doing instead is calling out the Pharisees for the way they altered and changed the law for their own benefit. Jesus says they have taken tradition and made void the word of God. They put their own rules ahead of the word of God itself. Let's quickly look at how the Pharisees were misusing and altering the law. Essentially, the Pharisees created a rule that if they declared all their possessions to be God's, they would not have to use those possessions to support the parents when they were in need. The Pharisees literally created a rule that allowed them to tell their parents, I am so sorry, Dad. I'm so sorry, Mom. Even though I have all these things, even though I have all these resources, all this money, I can't, I can't give any of it to you, even though you really need it. I can give you nothing because all my belongings are actually God's. This law, however, was intended as God's way of making sure parents are supported when they got older and needed help. The Pharisees created a way around this because they wanted to keep their money, they wanted to keep their resources to themselves, while still making it seem like they were obeying God. The Pharisees created avenues to disobey the very commands that God gave the Israelites. At the same time, the Pharisees were calling others out for their own disobedience to the traditions that had been created. The Pharisees therefore pick and chose what they wanted to follow. They created loopholes to get around what was the very clear-cut words of God and created in many ways their own religion. The Pharisees held a very legalistic view of life, such as the ceremonial washing of hands, which they used to call out the disciples and Jesus. At the same time, they used the rules and regulations to maneuver around the very word of God. What Jesus is wanting to point out here and what is so encouraging for us today is that for Jesus, it was not about legalism, it was not about customs, it was not about ceremonies and traditions and rules and religious practices. What connection to God is all, is all about, and today we have this access through Jesus himself, is through the heart. Connection to God is not about religion and rules. What it does, however, is cause us to desire to act in a way pleasing to God, and therefore, out of the outpouring of that, out of, out of living this out, we are led to having compassion. We are led to having love and kindness. 
which Jesus emphasizes come ahead of religion, rules, and ceremonies. Worship is about connecting to God, giving everything to God. It is not about ceremonies. It's not about ritual cleanings. It's not about saying the exact right words or quoting scripture but not believing it. The gospel message is that we all have access to God, anyone that believes. The Pharisees, on the other hand, created rules and regulations to play God. They created rules and regulations to judge others. And they created rules and regulations to then justify their own disobedience, to make themselves feel better about wanting to break the law. I realize that the Pharisees are not looking so good here. But I, I, I want to mention that there are many cases where we are no better than the Pharisees. At the same time, we can be encouraged by Jesus' response. Religion should not come before God. Religion should not be used as a way to justify our own sinful desires and disobedience. The law was God's way of showing love to the Israelites. God also loves us today and gives us instructions for how to live which set us apart. Let's look at what else Jesus has to say in this passage. Jesus goes on to quote the prophet Isaiah saying, You hypocrites! Well, did Isaiah prophesy of you when he said, This people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me? In vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. While Jesus is talking to the Pharisees here, there is a lot we can learn as the body of Christ today from this. Our application is going to come from this. Jesus does not hold back, calling the Pharisees very directly. He calls them hypocrites. Jesus then goes on to quote Isaiah. Now remember, the Pharisees would have known the words of Isaiah. They would have proud themselves in studying the scriptures, reading through, quoting the, the words of Isaiah and, and others. Being that the Pharisees would have known Isaiah, the fact that Jesus quotes Isaiah and uses it to call the Pharisees hypocrites is a very clear testament to the way in which Pharisees were misusing scripture and using it to justify their own sinful desires. Our application this morning can be drawn from these words. While talking to the Pharisees, let's consider what Jesus is saying here when he points out Isaiah. The passage Jesus quotes Isaiah from is Isaiah 29, 13. This people honors me with their lips, but their hearts are far, are far from me. It's easy to appear as if we are close to God, yet in fact be far away from God. The Pharisees spent their lives attempting to appear godly, yet the whole time they were focused on themselves, becoming their own God, becoming other people's leaders, changing the laws or cherry-picking scripture to justify their own behavior. While appearing close to God on the surface, and also attacking and criticizing anyone that did not, did not obey the traditions and laws, they themselves were living a life that was far from God. The Pharisees spent their lives focusing on their image, in this case their image, appear, uh, their image of appearing as if they were godly and righteous. They spent their life doing this while in fact being uh, far apart from God and not really being near to God with their heart. Isaiah speaks of this and Jesus draws on these words as he calls the Pharisees out. Secondly, Jesus goes on in quoting Isaiah when it says, In vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. Jesus is calling out the Pharisees here for placing the standard on religion, for placing the be-all, end-all on religious acts and the law and made-up traditions as the fundamental be-all, end-all of being close to God. They put so much effort into religion, into rituals, while also 
changing religion to fit their own selfish desires and calling out anyone that disobeys them and the laws they so highly valued. The Pharisees wanted to be like God, and they turned their own words and made it, and made it as if they themselves were God. They did this not only to feel superior to others, but also to justify their own desire to disobey the very clear word of God that was literally written in stone. And that is why Jesus uh, gave an example of them uh, using and justifying their own disobedience um, by creating loopholes around whether to give their parents money or not, as we just talked about. The word of God that is given to us out of, that was given to the Israelites out of God's undying love yet can so easily be twisted and can so easily be misused and changed and cherry-picked and loopholed. Jesus is not trying to say that traditions are bad. He is not trying to say that the law itself is bad. Jesus knew that the law was important up until that time. Remember, before Jesus, in order to connect with God, there was a, there was a much harder process. Yet we also know that Jesus came to abolish the law. In Matthew 5, which Paul talked about weeks ago, Jesus states, Do not think that I have come to abolish the law and the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. For truly I tell you, until heaven and earth disappear, not the smallest letter, not the least stroke of a pen will by any means disappear from the law until everything is accomplished. Jesus is not trying to say that the law is not important. He is also not trying to say that certain traditions don't have value and can't be used in a good way. At the same time, in, in his quoting of Isaiah and his calling out of the Pharisees, Jesus is calling out people that place their entire value on religion, their entire essence on proving to other people that they are following the rules when their whole time, their heart is not in it. Jesus is calling out people who criticize and look down on others for disobeying the man-made constructs of religious tradition, while at the same time only creating the traditions in the first place to justify their own sinful desires. How many times have we heard of people bashing others under the umbrella of religion? The exciting piece to all this, the encouraging thought as we move this conversation into our own response today, is that Jesus cares much less about religion. Jesus cares much less about honoring traditions held for hundreds of years. He cares much less about making sure we appear to act godly. What Jesus cares about what a relationship with Jesus is all about is choosing in our heart to follow Jesus, to choose and live out the truth of the fact that Jesus came as a sacrifice for us. Jesus wants a relationship with us. Sure, the relationship with Jesus will cause our hearts to desire to live in a certain way. A relationship with Jesus will mean we will have to change. It will mean we will have to act differently than the world does. A relationship with Jesus is, is not always gonna be easy. But a relationship with Jesus allows us to have fellowship with God, to be a part of the kingdom of God, which remember Matthew is focusing on by writing the gospel. Jesus did not say that traditions were bad. He did not say that traditions were good. What Jesus did is compare traditions to the word of God itself. Jesus is pointing out that what matters is the word of God. That has infinitely more value than the man-made traditions and the man-made religious acts. I'm not trying to say, and Jesus is not trying to say that there is no value to certain aspects of our Christian traditions. Religious acts um, such as communion are important and they, and they serve a place. But what does communion signify? 
Communion signifies relationship with God, having fellowship with Jesus, remembering the sacrifice that Jesus gave for us. Certain things known as religion have a place, but they all point toward what truly matters, a relationship, fellowship with Jesus Christ, who is our sole avenue for connection with God. When we place religion as the ultimate authority, when we put so much value in religion as the be-all, end-all, we end up playing God. When we judge each other for not living up to the supposed ideal of religion, instead of looking at our own hearts, we become so focused on religion, on acting the act, on appearing righteous, but not truly living out a relationship with God in our hearts. Our relationship with God will lead us to acting a certain way out of love for God. A relationship with God does not mean that we create our own rules, that we judge people around us, that we cherry pick certain Bible verses, that we make up our own gray areas in order to justify our own sinful desires. A relationship with God means trusting and believing in the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ and living this truth out. When we are so caught up in acting a certain way, when we are so caught up in appearing religious, when we are so caught up in, in judging those that appear to be breaking tradition or breaking religion, we become no better than the Pharisees. This is exciting, however, because what Jesus is saying here is that there is freedom from religion. We do not have to be so caught up in religious actions. We can have freedom because of a relationship with Jesus. This freedom leads us to want to act in a certain way, to want to read the Bible, to want to talk to God, to want to pray, to want to do better, to want to model Christ. The Pharisees only saw religion, only saw tradition, and placed this on a pedestal above God himself. Not only this, but the Pharisees altered and changed the rules, the law, and created their own traditions in order to justify disobedience in God's written and clear law. So what does all this mean for us today? We know that through Jesus, who fulfilled the law, we live in a new law that can be read about in the New Testament. So what does all this talk of the Pharisees mean for us? First off, the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus ushered in a new law that today we follow. This new law can be learned, it can be studied and carried out by reading the Bible, by honoring God, and living out our faith in the death and resurrection of Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Jesus gives us a standard of living that as Christians, we strive to follow. Because of Jesus, we no longer have to sacrifice a hundred birds for every sin. We no longer have to worry about certain foods being clean and unclean. We no longer have to worry about mixing garments or only being able to connect with God at certain times or only being able to connect with God through the high priest. The new law we live by allows us to enter into relationship with God directly and is a calling to be set apart from the rest of the world the same way the Israelites the same way the Israelite law set them apart as well when we understand the purpose of the law when we enter into relationship with God directly through the life of Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit we then have the desire to live in a way that is pleasing to God this way of living will be different than the rest of the world Paul spoke about this a couple of weeks ago and that is okay Anyone that does not have a relationship with Jesus does not, does not have the same standard to live by, and we should not hold that against them. At the same time, those of us who do call ourselves Christ followers have a standard to live by. However, this standard should not be mistaken. It should not be cherry-picked or misused in order to please our own selfish 
desires. As we conclude, I, I want to remind ourselves of three takeaways from all of this. Three statements that stem from all of this. These takeaways stem from the desire God has to enter into relationship with, uh, with us that can only be done through believing in Jesus. Once we believe, we then have the desire in our heart to live out a set of standards that set us apart from the rest of the world. The first takeaway that I want us to think about as we conclude is in regards to the law. God wrote the law in order to care for his people. He then gave that law to Moses who gave it to the Israelites. Today, because of Jesus who fulfilled the law, we have a new law that we follow. Just like God gave his law to the Israelites out of love, God gave us Jesus completely out of love as our way of being connected to God. This then leads to a new set of standards that we do because of our desire to honor God. These standards are found in the Bible. Because of our love for God, we then strive to act in a way that is pleasing to God. These standards set us apart from the rest of the world, the same way the old law set the Israelites apart. But this is solely based, this is solely because God loves us and wants to protect us. God uh, wants to, to love on us, wants us to be set apart as God's kingdom. The law is not a set of rules set up by God in an effort to control and manipulate. It is literally God's way of showing love and setting his people apart. The second takeaway we can think about this morning is in, is in regards to our use of the law, our use of scripture. The Pharisees show us that because of our own sinful desires, it is so easy to misuse, it's so easy to cherry pick or alter scripture in attempts to justify our own desire to disobey God. Jesus calls the Pharisees out on this, but we often end up doing very similar things. How many times have we picked a verse out of thin air to try and prove a point? when in fact that verse does not really mean what we used it for? Or how many times have we judged other people for not understanding scripture, not doing things the way uh, we think they should, not following traditions? What about those times we literally change scripture to justify our own behavior? We think to ourselves, does the Bible really say that? Or we say to ourselves, I think the Bible is saying that this action is okay, when really what we want is the Bible to say it is okay because we feel guilty otherwise. We create meanings out of certain scripture in order to justify our own sin we, or to make ourselves feel better. This sounds, sounds familiar. It's so easy to twist and to misuse and to change, cherry pick scripture to suit our own sinful desires. This morning, let's be careful and let's strive to live out God's standards, fully trusting in our relationship with Jesus. Finally, the third takeaway is both challenging but also extremely refreshing. The takeaway is this. Our relationship with Jesus is more important than religious ceremonies, traditions, and guidelines. This is such a refreshing thought. Instead of needing to be so caught up in following all the strict religious requirements, instead of feeling inadequate all the time because we can never measure up to the man-made requirements that religion has created, we have the opportunity to live in relationship with God and all we have to do is believe in Jesus and live that out. We do need to be careful, however, to not judge people around us for not following certain traditions. If someone does not want to partake in communion, that is their choice, and that is a choice between them and God. It is not our place to judge someone. 
If some people want to worship God by playing the organ, that's amazing. Let's not judge people for trivial things like the music that gets played at church. There are countless examples of this. I'm sure you might be thinking of some of your own. Sure, we need to, we need to hold fellow Christians accountable in love, but there is a right and a wrong way to do this. Paul spoke on this a few weeks ago. As soon as we take religion, as soon as we take uh, traditions and practices and use it to hold it above people, use it to make ourselves feel better, use it and think to ourselves, I am better than that person, we become no different than the Pharisees who Jesus rebuked. Traditions do have value. Our practices as Christians, such as certain aspects of church, do have value. But as soon as we place the value of these things higher than the relationship with Jesus itself, as soon as we place these things as higher than treating people with love and compassion, we end up right where the Pharisees were when Jesus called them out. Religious practices, certain traditions, ways we worship have value. But what holds the most value is our relationship with Jesus and the love, compassion, and grace that that brings. We never have to allow religion and those that use religion to judge others to dictate how we live and feel. Instead, everything we do stems back to our relationship with God. Everything we do stems back to God's word. Everything we do stems back to the Bible. This is incredible. So the three, so the three takeaways. One, we have a set of standards that God has given us that we need to strive to live by because of our relationship with Jesus and the heart change that brings. Two, our set of standards given to us by God through the Bible should not be cherry-picked, misused, changed, or altered just because we want to feel better and get away with disobeying God. And three, we should not allow the traditions and religious practices to become more important than our relationship with Jesus. As we finish, let's reiterate the incredible encouragement that this all is. We have the ability to be connected to God through Jesus. No one can tell us otherwise. We no longer have to jump through hundreds of ceremonial cleansings to be able to have access to God. Our access to God is guaranteed through the death and resurrection of Jesus. This guarantee sets up the rest of our lives. As we strive to love God back, we then are led to live out his set of standards that are given to us out of his undeniable love. The standards set us apart as God's people, a part of God's kingdom. Everyone has access to this. There is no religious hoops to jump through and no need to feel judged or criticized for not following church traditions. Our access to God through Jesus is the most important thing. Jesus taught this through his conversation with the Pharisees. Let's remember this morning to live out the standard God gave us out of his love. Let's remember to use scripture properly in its entirety and not as a way to make ourselves feel better, not as a way to justify our sin, not as a way to win a silly argument, but solely as a set of standards used by God in love to set us apart. Finally, let's remember that everyone has access to a relationship with Jesus and there is no need to divide. There is no need to fight or judge others over religious trivialities, over religious practices and traditions that are not anywhere close to as important as the grace, compassion, and love that a relationship with Jesus truly brings. Let's pray. Father God, once again, it is so great to be here this morning. And uh, this is a bit of a tricky passage, Lord. Um, 
the, the difference between religion and a relationship, God. Lord, thank you that you have broken down the walls, that you have allowed us to have access to you through Jesus. And thank you that we can have a relationship with Jesus. Um, and I pray that um, all of us here listening can, can turn to you um, and discover the, the grace and love that a relationship with you brings. But Lord, I do pray that we um, are careful not to let traditions and religion um, become more important than what a relationship with you really is. Um, help us not to judge others. Help us not to misuse and alter scripture, Lord, um, but help us to turn to you entirely because of your love um, that you gave us through Jesus. Help it to be uh, a great week and, and thank you once again for the opportunity to meet um, over the internet.